You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 37, What's in the Columning with Lori Rhodes. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hi, Tuner. I hope this finds you well today. I am so excited to have this episode for you today. I am again speaking with the amazing Lori Rhodes, who always offers so much insight and wisdom and is really a true example of asking and then receiving the answer. (laughs) So in today's episode, we talk about columning and Lori shares with us what she's found in the columning. And before I have you listen in, I want to remind you that these episodes come out weekly, generally. Sometimes I'll take a week off or so, um, but you can really expect to get a new episode each week. Just make sure that you subscribe. And without taking up much more time, I'll have you listen in with me and Lori. Take care. Hey, Lori. Hey, Jill. (laughs) So excited to have you back on the podcast. Um, Our first conversation was three episodes ago, episode 34. And I just thought we had so much more to talk about. And you have so much wisdom to share um, through your experience with this work. And students want to hear from you. So I figured we could talk today about some of the other things. We we had a side conversation last time about um, columning. And just before this, we took some notes together on things that you wanted to, to bring up and address. So, oh, well, you thank think? you. Yeah, we thank you so much. I love, I love uh, talking with you and sharing um, all of these ideas and, and kind of just musings. It's so much fun. So thanks for having me again. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in biofield tuning, When I first started learning and practicing, there was a lot of emphasis on combing the field and, of course, you know, using the map. And I recall um, after combing, you know, we do the columning. And I remember when when, uh, I was in class one time, Eileen said, well, you know, it's like mixing paint, right? And it's integration and it's like taking a red paint and a white paint and mixing it together and what you come up with and what is kind of uh, blossomed or created from those two energies is something completely different you know red and white can mix together and make pink and I was sitting in class going huh well what's in that energy you know what what are we what, what is actually happening as we move this fork and the energy is now kind of forming or reforming um, and into something kind of new and synergistic and combining of the two, but different, a different kind of wholeness. And my mind just as it does in the middle of the night or when I'm lucid dreaming, just staying curious and really wanting to know, asking the question, what is happening when we're columning? What is that? What is integrating? And one day I was in meditation and I asked, and 
what came to me was this beautiful map or an idea that as we column, you know, to me, it's always been a prayer and very sacred. It's like, you know, thy will, my will and thy will are one and really integrating that present moment. And I thought, wow, what are we birthing? Or what 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 kinds of things are we birthing as we do biofield tuning? Because every time we do a session, essentially to me, it's a rebirth. You know, something has shifted, uh-huh. and uh, we're kind of moved a frame or two or three, right? And we've shifted frames. It's a different perspective, and we birth something new. And so, as I was sitting there, what kind of came to me? What and I saw the body and all of the chakras, there was this beautiful kind of energy of birthing virtues, virtues of the, yeah, virtues of, of being human and being in the present moment and being in flow, uh, and just feeling really connected to ourselves, uh, to each other, to the world, and even, you know, to the earth and the cosmos. And so, as I sat there and and witnessed what was kind of going through my mind, <clears throat> what came to me was these these virtues that were birthing, and it started from the root. And you know, when we use the biofield anatomy map, on one side of the root we have this busyness and overdoing, right, kind of feeling, and on the other side we have um, these unmet needs and we can swing in life from you know the right to the left and we get into what we call those ditches or you know just sort of those habits of the right or the left but i think it's really important that we do experience both sides that we do swing and we experience what it feels like to have unmet needs and then we swing over into this busyness overdoing really just no rubber on the road so that we can experience that And then as we come together into the center of that, as we neutralize those two, bring them together and integrate them, uh, what came to me as a virtue, a beautiful human virtue of that first center was true generosity, uh, true purpose and service. So the, the virtue of true service which, you know, why, why else are we here, right? To serve ourselves and to serve others. And yeah. if, you think, if you think about it, right, you have to know what busyness and kind of not getting anything done feels like, but spinning your wheels and then yeah. not having anything met, right? To recognize what actual true generosity that giving and receiving when they're balanced, uh, what that feels like. And wow. so, yeah, so to me, the root virtue when we're columning, my intention is to really clarify uh, someone's generosity, true purpose in their life here. I love thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah, it's a beautiful intention. And you can share it with clients as well. Right. And, and make those moments when we've gotten quote, sort of stuck in one or the other, make them valuable, like take the gold from them. Right. It's like, yeah, you have, because here's the thing about life um, and in working with all clients, we know this, that um, somebody can tell you something, you can read about it. Uh, even when you're doing your practice, you know, when you're starting to practice biofield tuning, you've learned all of these things. But until you experience it, until you, till we ourselves actually experience something, we really don't fully know it. And that's why we have bodies. 
And that's why we're here in this reality <laughs> to kind of swing on these polarities and have these experiences. This is mm -hmm. the experience of a physical reality. So that's the, the first, uh, the first chakra. And then as I went up and, and moved into the second chakra, where on one side we have, um, guilt and shame. And on the other side, we have this frustration and disappointment. Uh, we can experience both of those, but when they come together and we're birthing this beautiful, uh, virtue from the second chakra, to me, it's the virtue of passion. Uh, which is fulfillment and creativity and inspiration. But it's that um, when we're passionate, have you ever been passionate about something, Jill, where you're like, oh, oh for sure. Yeah, it's totally different when you're passionate about something versus, um, oh, yeah, I kind of want to do it or that sounds good. But when there's passion involved, it's an art. Yeah, or even know. being driven by guilt and shame or like the the need to produce something or or being driven by frustration, like being driven by passion feels a lot different. Yeah, it's totally different, right? And it is kind of, um, you know, interestingly, you know, this is our pleasure center. And um, it also has to do with, I think the other word that I use besides passion, which is interesting is the word ecstasy. Because ecstasy is kind of that communion of pain and pleasure. And, you know, not to get too juicy in the details, but if we've all physically experienced, um, you know, what that pleasure center can do from a male and female perspective, we know what ecstasy is, but it's that mm -hmm. fine line between kind of pain and pleasure that blends. And then there's this passion, right, mm -hmm. that comes through. And that true passion is what spurs creativity. The creativity that just rolls out, you know, like, how did I, how am I even doing this? There's like no effort. It's just because there's passion behind it. It's and, and you've got from from your base, from the root, you've got this true purpose kind of energy moving up. You know, it's like, OK, what am I here to do? This is what am I here to what what service can I bring? And then you in, then you add passion into that and birth that. And then, um, you know, you've got this amazing creative potential. So, yeah. So it's probably safe to say that if, if we're lacking passion, we're probably in a pattern of you know, one or one side or the other, the guilt or shame or the frustration. Yeah. Disappointed. Yeah. 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 And, and when, yeah, when we can come together and really experience what we're passionate about uh, in a true way, it's, it's amazing. It's truly, truly amazing. And I, I don't think it's, I think it's, um, I don't, I think it's simple. It's a simple concept to say, oh yes, you know, you can feel passionate, but it's not easy. If we really think about things in our life, what, how, you know, it's like we do things or we're guided to things, you know, we're programmed, we're conditioned to oh, do this, be this, have this. And we, we aren't, we really don't teach our children to cultivate what they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think so many of us are waiting around for passion to arrive mm -hmm. rather than cultivating it. Like, yeah. oh, well, that would be a really neat group distance session. Yeah. Cultivating passion. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cultivating passion, that beautiful creative potential. Yeah. So that's that second chakra to me. It's filled with that, that juicy, um, deliciousness of passion. And then we move up to, but, and here's the thing about passion though, you know, you have to, um, 
focus it. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a focus, even an emotional focus with it. Um, because yes, you can have wild passion, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, you're going to be going in a million different directions potentially. So yeah. how do we focus it? How do we come together in a yeah. quiet state? So that's where the third chakra comes up. Yeah. And, um, so in the third chakra, we have kind of this manipulative power and kind of anger on one side, this very yang energy. And we have, uh, helplessness and powerlessness, uh, very yin energy on the other side. And we experience both of those, but when they come together, the virtue for me that is birthed, uh, is humility. And mm -hmm. within that, um, that virtue are the energies of even forgiveness, right? Forgiving ourselves, forgiving others. Mm -hmm. And so when we have that, that real true humility, uh, then we can drive and focus that passion in a way that is not, uh, that is uh, beneficial for all, right? It's that benevolent, Kind of open service and um, because you're bringing it all the way through for for everyone not just yourself yeah. so it's very humble and and um yeah if you think about the people that you really respect or you look at and and you listen to there's a there's this thread of humility that kind of winds through them if they're so self-bloated and you know this and that and the other and full of ego right like arrogance um, Mm -hmm. And arrogance, yeah, which is part of that, right? That power center, that anger, there's arrogance in there too, right? Mm -hmm. The need to be right, that oh, oh, constant fighting. So yeah, coming together with that, that humility is a virtue. It's a, a virtue. So think about it. If we, if we start from, you know, uh, our, our energy centers, one, two, and three, and we start with generosity, that then goes to passion and then you mix it with humility as it's coming up here it starts coming it's like whoa these are our virtues this is the world we are actually creating right now yeah you know, the world that we're birthing and we can because the the world that's that seems to be shifting outside of us right now is really the world that's shifting inside of us initially right first and foremost and so these, this is what my intention is as I'm calling to birth the virtue of humility from these experiences. And then we go into the fourth chakra um, and we have on one side saying yes when you mean no and everybody else's needs before mine uh, and over accommodating. And, uh, and then on one side we have this sadness and grief and I think loss of self, really mm -hmm. loss of self identity. And we swing and we experience both of those. And then we come together and when they're mixed, those experiences and we birth that virtue, it's really the virtue of sincerity, like really being sincere. Right. So uh, and in though in that energy, we have uh, compassion and gratitude that mixes in mm. so that these are these heart kind of uh, central heart uh, virtues that are coming through. So you start with generosity that, that pulls up passion, you know, again, focused with humility uh, and sincerity. And then you move, move up to the the throat chakra where you're speaking and not being heard potentially and really that all that goes unexpressed you experience those you swing back and forth you come to the center and as they're birthed and those experiences are integrated um, what we get is the virtue of diplomacy mm -hmm. right? 
right? That I, I have something to say and you have something to say, and I will listen fully, deeply and, and honor that. And then I'll allow you to listen and honor what I have. It's that, wow, I can see from multiple perspectives. That's diplomacy. Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's win-win. It's not win-lose. It's very different from competition. It's very collaborative. And so yeah. that's this beautiful human virtue that we're birthing. So we have generosity and passion and humility and sincerity. And then this diplomacy in how we're projecting, which is this win-win. And then we move up to the, the third eye where we're thinking about the past and we have this regret potentially swinging there and then experiencing worry about the future and all of this kind of Oh my gosh, uh, just the stuff that keeps you up at night, right? <laughs> but it's certainly not present, right? Mm -hmm. But as we, as we kind of go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards in what we call space-time, when we bring those together and we can birth the virtue that's trying to come through um, that third eye, to me, it's spontaneity. Mm. And though that includes the attributes of play, curiosity, discovery, uh -huh. present moment living, present moment living, right? Uh -huh. So you're coming out of the past and out of the future and boom, right here. So you bring through generosity, the energy of generosity that you've birthed and then passion, this creative passion, um, sprinkle it with humility, sincerity and project it with diplomacy. And then it comes together in this beautiful spontaneity where you can respond appropriately in the present moment with all yeah. of this energy coming through. And then the, the crown, of course, is just this divine, authentic potential, just universal, kind of where all the universal qualities sort of meld and come together. So to me, as I'm, as I'm working with clients and I'm columning, it's not just the mixing of red or white. It's really this beautiful prayer and uh, intention of this amazing human being birthing their human virtues, right? And, what, and, and having those come through. And it's not that, it's really a rebirth. It's, they're already yes. there. Yeah. Uh -huh. Already there. Um, it's just that we're reducing the noise. Yeah. That static so that this amazing human being can hear themselves, hear like their Shining the light virtues. on them. Yeah. yeah, and and really uh, feel as though they've they've landed here with a true purpose, and then can create from that point with all of these beautiful uh, human virtues that create a, a, a super collaborative um, and um, connected world for ourselves and each other. So yeah, this is just a little bit of my what I call my columning map and my columning intention. And um, I've, I shared it uh, one time with a class that I was teaching. Oh, I heard all about that from the students, from the teachers. They were like, you have to record Lori talking about <laughs> this. Right. Because it's, yeah, it's like, what are we doing? Right. We, what are we doing if, if not um, really reconnecting ourselves with those virtues that are, you know, extraordinary? We're extraordinary beings and um, uh, it works for extraordinary energies, right? Coming together. So that for me is, it's so important. And I always keep, and that's one of the things too that, um, 
that I always stress when I'm doing tune-ins and I know we stress it when we're teaching and I know folks that are now practicing um, really, really get it, is that when those virtues, uh, when those, what, what Eileen calls the factory settings, that's really, you know, really what these are. Mm-hmm. Um, when those come through, you feel it and hear it in a session. It's like, it, sometimes it'll make, it makes me cry the beauty that I hear coming off of that fork and uh, and just watching someone actually take a nice breath in and just let it all out, right? That sigh where the whole being relaxes and that energy is able to flow. So you can hear it and you can point that out. And, um, and then as we're bringing all of that in and then columning that beautiful prayer of columning, this is, these are the intentions that I hold for folks. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and why, why are we, why are we swinging from right to left? I'm so curious, right? I'm, it's a curiosity for me. I think uh, I was just talking, you know, when we were talking earlier, I said my, um, my vision or actually my, it's my perspective of what our prime directive is here as uh, human beings. And that is, is the prime directive of discovery. We're, that's what we're meant to do. We're built for pleasure and discovery. And, and so that, you know, imbues us to remain curious mm-hmm. and uh, to be present moment, right? To really listen to what is going on. And so it's not seeing, well, we're always going to see the world through our own thoughts, right? Our, the own filter, our own uh, thought filters, but we can wash the windows pretty good. <laughs> we can get it pretty, pretty clear and, um, and really have a much better understanding of the truth behind everything, the truth that we're really seeing. But it does mean that we stay open, curious, and always in that prime directive of discovery. Yeah. It's like yeah. that childlike aspect of us. Right. I had yeah. a thought as you were speaking about that, about, you know, discovery and why we list to one side or the other and you know i've heard this before but i'm thinking about it differently now um like our emotions act as a compass yeah right and so i think in order to continue to come back to these virtues we have to experience listening to the other side you know we have to experience that pendulum swinging it's i have always said without sadness, we wouldn't know what joy is. And so, you know, I feel like if we weren't, if we didn't have those experiences and we weren't kind of in that discovery mode, we might become complacent, right? And not in our fullness of being. Yeah, Yeah, we do come, we do become complacent and apathetic. Mm -hmm. Right? We strip ourselves of feelings because it's like, forget it, right? I'm just gonna, yeah, which, yeah, completely takes you out of alignment. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It is. Lots and I think, yeah, I think we're here to experience the, we're in a, for whatever reason, we landed in a, a, a realm of polarity. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. we're in. And so, like you said, you can't experience one without the other. They're both important. Uh, and I do believe that they, um, they, yeah, they bring us to the experience of ourselves, right? All those, the, the, the true experience of what we're here to be. And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, we're always going to list to one side, little, little lists here, little lists there. But 
when we start to really rebirth our virtues and come in harmony with those and that central channel is just worrying and you know it's worrying like with uh, voltage and clarity and really moving um, we become more the the fulcrum of a pendulum like the top of a pendulum than the bottom of the pendulum so the, the top of the pendulum is just you know it's swinging a little to the left and a little to the right but if you have a long pendulum then that base of it is really swinging way off to the left and the right and um, I think we can do that for a while but we start to come together into our center and we become more the fulcrum so we don't get you know pushed off of our you know, our, our central kind of um, groundedness and clarity as much. We can, you know, we, we move and we bend and we move from right to left, but it's so much easier to rebound and rediscover and come back. Like you said, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out to the left or I'm listening to the right. And then we get to come back. But every time we do it, we gain experience. So, yeah. 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 More insight and awareness. Yeah. yeah. You know what I love about this, Lori? I love that you, you wanted the answer and you looked within, like you, you said you meditated mm -hmm. and you asked yeah. rather than looking externally for the answer. I think that that's amazing and definitely something to encourage is that curiosity and that discovery, like we're saying it again, discovery. Yeah. And it, you know, it, what it does, it leads you to those insights, right? The, the things that the inner vision that comes through, and it also may guide you externally to, um, uh, meet someone mm -hmm. or, you know, a, a library book or a, oh my gosh, are there even libraries anymore? <laughs> yeah. But, um, a book falls off the shelf, right? Boom, right in front of your feet. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that will happen because um, you're in your your inflow and those coincidences just kind of mirror your your inside and your outside are true reflections of one another instead of rubbing against each other and there's all that resistance so yeah yeah things and it's I always call in fact that when I work with clients most people have have watched the Indiana Jones movies <laughs> not all but there's in the Indiana Jones movies uh, there's this one part where he has to he's really he's got all these virtues going he's got to do this he's got to get across this this cavernous um kind of ditch area inside of a cave he doesn't know how he's going to swing across how he's going to get there and so he just closes his eyes and puts his foot out and starts to walk and the stones come up from nowhere right and they guide his footsteps these big huge stones come up and he's able to walk across this chasm and that's what it's like to me it's like yeah if you just um are really within that space of wholeness and um, integration and flow, then what you need and what you want become one. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. what you need and what you want become one. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, and I was kind of looking at, at all of these virtues. When I think about these virtues, um, you know, I think about wouldn't it be really cool if we raised our children or our future generations that, you know, when you look at children, they are extraordinarily generous. 
They have all of this passion, right? They're humble. They're completely sincere. They've got diplomacy. It's like when they're playing with a friend, they want to make, you know, and they're really in, in the flow. They want to make sure their friends got exactly what they need. And, you know, they've got what they need and they're doing this together. It's this yeah. amazing, uh, beautiful energy and they're spontaneous. They're like, you know, it's like be like little children <laughs> is really true in that regard. Um, because that's the, that is that, um, kind of energy of true discovery. Yes. Yeah. Really good I, point. I always think of kids like playing, you know, when, uh, I think of, I, I think it's a scene I made, I might've seen, or I might maybe making it up from different scenes I've seen in movies where kids are, you know, playing ball, um, and they're playing baseball or, you know, they have a, a game going and then all of a sudden someone hits the ball and they're, they're playing next to a, a forest right a, a beautiful forest it's a field and the ball rolls into the forest and all of a sudden you know all these kids all these children are running into the forest you know to to get the ball and then the game is gone now they're in the forest right? <laughs> they don't even care about the ball they're starting to explore the forest and look at this and look at that and that's it it's like oh yeah look where it took me right yeah and that's what we do in biofield teaming because it's like that ball. It's like, you never know where it's going to, you know, you've, you've moved somewhere and now you're going to land somewhere else. You don't know, you know, where you're going to land. And now it's like, take a breath. What's going on? What wants to happen? Wow. I'm curious here. Where did this ball take me? Right? Yes. Where we're moving in the field. Cause we're certainly not a straight line. <laughs> you know, we're a dotted line to all of these different pieces. And yeah. So. I had someone ask me today, a new client asked me, so what can I expect afterwards? And yeah. I kind of chuckled a little bit because I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's different for everyone. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some people feel like a physical shift afterwards. Some people feel an emotional shift. Most people feel lighter. And then some people notice new opportunities coming through or relationships changing or jobs changing, you know, things just start to happen and line up a little bit differently. And sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but if you stay open to discovery and like with a curious mind, you'll probably find out that whatever's going on is more in alignment with you and with your truth. Yeah. yeah. That's so true, Jill. And even on a, even moving into a subtler level um, with, you know, what someone can expect. Uh, sometimes I also offer that you can, sometimes you'll respond to things completely differently than mm -hmm. you ever have before. All of a sudden you'll realize, wow, I, I never really responded like that. I, I, have, yeah. a, I have an example that I shared, I share in class. And so students may have heard this, but um, I had this favorite glass carafe. This is when I knew a shift had occurred. So I'll just, and some, and here's the thing about shifts. And that's another thing to tell folks is you don't know about a shift before it comes, you know, about it after it comes. Mm -hmm. right? So, so that it's kind of hindsight, but, um, interestingly, the, the term hindsight is 2020 and we just went through this uh, interesting 2020 <laughs> and that vi our vision, right. Is 2020. It's an interesting thing. But anyways, I, yeah. I um, but I had this beautiful glass carafe that I loved and I cherished and it was on the countertop in my kitchen and I have hard, you know, our kitchen countertops are hard. 
and it was filled with water and by accident uh, I was standing in the kitchen with my son and I somehow moved this carafe and it fell over and it broke and shattered so there was glass everywhere and water everywhere and my son was standing next to me and he said wow mom and I'm like what he said you didn't even flinch you didn't even you didn't nothing you didn't yell or scream or get upset or flinch and I I took a breath and I went, wow, you know what? I didn't. Hmm, cool. You want to help me clean it up? And here, this thing that I had protected, and it's like, oh, don't touch that. Don't move that. I was all resistant around it, you know, for all those years, you know, and then it finally broke. And I, it's like, I didn't even have a re that reaction that I think I would have had had mm -hmm. I not undergone some change. And I went, wow, I really shifted. Mm -hmm. And there was a sense of detachment and yeah, let's just do what we need to do in the moment now, which is clean it up. Right? Yeah. And it's a thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, where, where your, your responses to things all of a sudden you'll notice will change like that. Yes. And, that's and it, probably the thing that I noticed when I first started receiving biofield tuning sessions. I didn't notice anything physical during the session or anything coming up after the session, but it was um, I think a few months later. I was working at a um, substance abuse rehab facility and, um, you know, people, clients, patients were detoxing and mm -hmm. some would have seizures. And when those things would come up before I would like go into fight or flight and, you know, get really stressed and I would have to really unwind after. Um, but it was this one situation where uh, one of the patients had a seizure. And I was calmer than I had ever been. And I was like, okay, something shifted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how or what, but there's something to this biofield tuning thing. I guess yeah. it was then sound therapy, but yeah, yeah, you notice it after. You notice it after. And it's subtle. You know, these are subtle mm -hmm. things when you say what's what's different. Um, they're not life altering things, but in a way they are right? That calmness and then how you respond to things. Um, because we are creating, yeah, new footprints for ourselves, right? We're mm -hmm. that, that, that beautiful energy. I always also think about, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking that, you know, I could just kind of picture these, these patients and your energy and it's just, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes I just kind of think what footprint, what energetic footprint am I leaving somewhere? Mm -hmm. Right. What, what am I leaving somewhere? And, and how do I, how do I not, if I want to leave a different footprint, cause I'm going to leave one, mm -hmm. you know, how do I do that? Well, one of the ways is really, you know, getting tuned and <laughs> getting centered and reducing the noise. But as we were speaking, what, what starts to happen in those subtle shifts is first you noticed it, you notice it right after it happens. Right. It's like, oh, I just shifted. And then a curious thing happens if we're paying attention to it is we're in something as it's happening, the kerfluffle and in the middle of it, we realize, oh, I'm huh. responding differently, like uh -huh. in the, right in the middle of it or huh, I, I'm 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 going to shift right here. Right. And uh -huh. we make that conscious choice to actually do something different. And so we do something different in the middle of it. So we've experienced a little of it. We move through the rest of it and then we continue to, you know, move ourselves. And eventually right before we go into that interaction, we can feel the energy kind of building within us. And even before it happens, we can say, 
huh, I'm going to choose to do something differently. So it goes from the back to the middle to the front. And then we can be the the creators of our life, essentially the co-creators, right? We're making those beautiful, virtuous choices that really will leave our best footprint. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's what we're doing as a collective humanity right now, too. We're really um, kind of shifting all of the noise that's on top of these beautiful, our beautiful human collective virtues so that uh, we can leave this amazing footprint for our future generations, our children and children's children to walk into. I think that's such a beautiful way to look at that. Yeah, Instead it's... of like, the world's going all the hell, you know? <laughs> well, maybe it's not. Maybe this is what needs to happen in order for the, the light to come through and um, these well, virtuous expressions is, to come that's through. That's right. This is what we need for these virtuous expressions. We've got to go through, you know, both. We've got to swing. We've swung one way. We're swinging and we've swung another way now for probably 26,000 years or however we want to see, you know, whatever arch- whatever cosmology we're, we're following. And now we're moving back and we're, we're birthing something new, mm. um, which I think is, yeah. And then we just move on. There's never an end to it, right? Yeah. It's just continual discovery, continual unraveling, unfolding, rebirthing, moving. Um, that was another thing too that I just, you know, as it, it really helped when I uh, worked with hospice patients because, you know, as you know, I'm a retired nurse as well. And, um, and when my dad was passing, that I was completely, completely comfortable and aware and curious and in that mode of discovery to really understand that, wow, we're constantly rebirthing. That yes, the body comes to an entropy because uh, we have to, that's what earth does, right? It folds, that's that toroidal field that folds back in on itself and then comes out the other end and folds back in and comes back. That's life. That's what breath does, right? That's a that's what our breath mm-hmm. does. Um, but we're con- we're really re- there is really no no death. We're always rebirthing. And so, I remember the last thing I whispered in my dad's ear was, um, I said, "Okay, Dad, do what you love," <laughs> you know. And all of these things came through. All the things that you're, you know, your full generosity, your passion, your all of these beautiful virtues. Take them and do what you love right and into the next birth and um and i think that's what we can really help people do and we can help our children who are amazing at this anyways right Mm -hmm. and and really help and um, cultivate you know these beautiful virtues that are growing in our children and we can cultivate these beautiful virtues that are now growing within our humanity and within our collective i think it would be fun to really start taking these virtues and noticing where we see it in other people and acknowledging it, whether it's, you know, allowed or just to yourself, just go, wow, like that person's really demonstrating sincerity or diplomacy and just begin to see it more. We got to look for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when, yeah, but we actually do notice it more, um, when when our antenna is tuned to yes. it, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're clear enough to pick it up, then we can feel that. And I think we're naturally attracted to those those kinds of people that yep. have these, these virtues, just like we're naturally attracted to children and animals. Animals uh, display these, you know, continuously, these virtues. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, um, 
when we swing and, and, and it, we could swing pretty um, rapidly and uh, <laughs> fast and like Mr. Toad's wild variety kind of thing, you know, really, really quickly. Um, and it gets very chaotic. But here's the beautiful thing about, I think, what we're going through right now is all great change is preceded by chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow. And, and, and you look at the world, you're like, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of big change coming. It's like, mm -hmm. awesome, <laughs> you know. And to really kind of, even though we can't completely see it, start to come into contact with it within ourselves, these virtues. Right. And as we, you know, contemplate them and really are open to discovering them within ourselves, we become more open to discovering them in others and in the world at large. Mm -hmm. And that's what we feed. And you see, that's the whole point um, of life. What you feed grows. So what do you choose? What are you going to feed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine, you know, disagreeing with something but being in this place of, you know, of these virtues of generosity, passion, humility, sincerity, diplomacy, spontaneity, and divine authentic potential, approaching those disagreements from that energy versus resistance, anger, you're right, I'm wrong, or wait, judgment. I'm right, you're wrong, judgment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a wow what yeah. a difference we can make in the world and leaving that energetic footprint in that yeah, way absolutely and i think you know that's it also creates a natural you know when eileen talks about um radiating right when she goes into a place and just rate if you're radiating those virtues from your core oh my gosh you know think about that you've got this amazing energy it's like really divine energy around you and so it's a very, very natural and organic boundary, mm -hmm. you know, which is, is really, really beautiful. And uh, so you don't have to put up walls or resistance or blocking right. or protection. It's like, no, you're just living from that space. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, everything will flow from there and you have this natural boundary. Yeah, people, I think that's you know, true think, freedom. True freedom. When our organic, when we don't have to build boundaries, but we can actually maintain organic boundaries, which is what these, this is, this, the, the ability to radiate all of these mm -hmm. into that expression. That's a natural, beautiful, organic boundary. And um, yeah, there's no resistance in it. And it is true freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just uh, something you can play with while you're columning uh, and really have that intention. Wow, what am I rebirthing? What are we rebirthing right here as we move this energy and integrate it? That's so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lori, because I do think that um, sometimes, you know, when we're first learning, students are first learning, you know, how do I talk to people through these sessions or you know, how do I, how do I talk about this? Or what do I even think about? And like having this sort of as a guide to like, this is, this is what we want to get to can be super useful. Yeah. I think it's a, for me, it's just a cool um, addition or addendum to the biofield anatomy map. It's kind of what I, my version, it's, it's that added little Hey, what's going the other way, right? We've got what's going off to the sides, what's coming off in front. Yeah. And and then receive, you know, to be broadcasting these, but also to be receiving 
in, yeah. in all of these virtues. Oh mm. my goodness. Right. Mm. Back and front, right. Having mm -hmm. that come in and being open to that. Right. That's really, really amazing. So yeah, something to, uh, to shift our focus. Cause I know that we, we can get a little caught up in the noise. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's loud. That's what we notice first. We notice right? the these things are quiet in a way, yeah. you know, they're, they're a little different. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's easier to point out the dissonance versus the, the resonance and the, yeah. the coherence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what is, what's and I, that, that was what I was curious about. It's like, okay, I've got this whole map of what's in the dissonance, mm -hmm. what's in the resonance, mm -hmm. right? And how do I focus on that? And um, yeah, if I can, if I can leave a session and end a session with that and in, in those, in that column, um, and that's why I think, you, you know, I love doing just a central channel adjustment and columning the back and the front. And when I do that as a session, this is what I'm focusing on. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 um, they're amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing. And we talk about it, right. And I, I talk about it with clients too. So, um, just a fun way to go from, you know, front to back and set aside the side and what we can yeah. do with that. And, you know, I just invite you to. Um, yeah, just to kind of take that in and, and then allow your own curiosity to kind of morph it in a way that's um, your passion, right, mm. and your true purpose. Everybody's got their authentic gifts and how they're going to um, kind of notice things and uh, project things and receive. Their, our give and take is all individual. Uh, I think that's also one of the things when we are free is we are sovereign, and we allow others their sovereignty. I think we're, mm -hmm. uh, there's not one person, not one being, not one sentient being that is not supposed to be here um, right now. You know, I'm, I, it's like I'm doing a puzzle. I'm doing a really hard puzzle. I, I go up to our RV to relax and I have this, I decided, okay, I'm going to start another puzzle. And it's all the, just these fall, fall colors like of, of leaves. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's no real structures like buildings and trees, like nothing to look at, just all patterns and colors. It is one of the hardest puzzles I've done. But I was thinking, oh my goodness, they, they all better be here. The pieces, I wouldn't, all these pieces <laughs> better be here. Because if there's one that I'm looking for and it's not here in these 500 pieces, oh my gosh. And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, you know what? This is like all the human beings on earth. Mm -hmm. Every single human being is that important because I'll tell you what, if you get to mm -hmm. the end of the puzzle, you're, you're at that point where that piece is missing. That's nutty. That will drive you insane. That, <laughs> yeah. that is it. That is the end all being. I was like, no. So that one piece becomes the most important. It's the piece that was missing, right? Becomes yeah. more important than any other piece. And that's why every single person is just as important as I am. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. That's what you thought about when you were doing your puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. And these are the people, you know, somebody that you might take for granted or you might call, you know, not very good behavior. These people that you might say, oh, he's, you know, you might call them even evil or this. It's like, hey, they can be this, that, or the other, but they're vital. You know, mm -hmm. they're vital mm -hmm. and just in that vitality of being here in this collective, we have to be grateful because yeah, we wouldn't be able to put the puzzle together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That person wasn't here. 
Right. You know, and it's it's the same with all these experiences in our field. You know, we we need every obviously every single experience. It's part of the life of Jill or the life of Lori or the life of each of our clients. Mm -hmm. um, so so important, even though sometimes it can get um, so painful. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, pain is just the loudest. It's just the loudest. Uh, you know, symptom. Right. It's, yeah, it's just a, it's when it gets super super loud, it gets painful. Right. Yeah. So it's, we're, we're just trying to add some quiet, some breath and, um, yeah, really help to, to bring that pain down to a threshold where we can really look at it and really look, you know, really look at what's in that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what's rebirthing from it. Right. Mm, so good. Yeah. Thank so you so much, my, Lori. You're so welcome. Yeah. That's my addition to the map. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad that you asked those questions and discovered those answers for for your practice but also so we can uh get a little bit of that too yeah and while you're calling me to ask what's going on what yeah. wants to happen right yeah see what, see what comes up Amazing. all right all right thanks so much Lori. you're so welcome thank you jill bye bye If you're feeling stuck on where to go next and you're wanting to grow a thriving practice so that you can serve more people, increase your finances, and increase your freedom, let's hop on a call together. I want to hear all about it. Visit my website at JillianFaldmo.com to learn how I can help you.